If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hey, beautiful human. Welcome back to another episode of In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen, and I am here today with Grace Valentine, beautiful soul. Grace, thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. I am so excited to be here and you're, I I wish everyone could see your aesthetic in your background. (laughs) It's like, I feel like I'm looking at like, there's the guitar, there's the art, like you seem to kind of have a really good aesthetic and vibe about you. So I'm going to be here in your presence, like an angel. Thank you, friend. Don't let that guitar fool you though. Like I can't really play. play. I, I will. I'll tell you the background. I, my son wanted to play guitar and I was like, okay, cool. I think that'd be something fun to learn. And now he doesn't pick it up. But for me, it's an opportunity to develop more of a growth mindset by learning something new. So I try to, but it's not like I'm like actually a guitar player. <laughs> it's always good to have, I'm like, as I get older, I'm like, people are like, what do you do for fun? And I, now that question, like, sometimes I'm like, what do I do for fun? Like, you know, like, like, I guess I work out, like I hang out with friends, I online shop and I'm like, I need to have good hobbies. Like you said, doing a guitar, like something that's a learning hobby. Yeah. Well, do you find that it's hard to like answer that question? What do you do for fun? Because your work is fun also. And you enjoy that so much. I agree. And like, I think when I was in college and people were like, Oh, what do you do for fun? I'd be like, I write. And now I don't say that for fun because now it is still sometimes fun, but there's sometimes I'm writing and I'm like, time to channel that (laughs) your work now. Yeah, and speaking, it's so always going to be fun because I choose it to be, but it is work now. Yeah, don't worry. I went through that same transition because I was so enthralled as I was like learning about the human mind. And now that it is my career, I'm like, oh, I guess I should find a hobby. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll find hobbies together. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a great little lesson we can learn and get find it up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, super excited because you are the author of a brand new book, What Will They Think? And you're also the host of Water Into Wine with your longtime middle school friend, Ketley, which I think is absolutely adorable. Oh my goodness. But this new book, what will they think that just came out this year? Correct? Yeah. It came out this summer. So (gasps) I know. And I feel like it's compared to my other girl, my other books, it feels like the big girl version. It was like a lot of, I feel like I've grown up in my writing. So I've written like, now this is my third book. And so I was really stoked about it. And it was so fun to be able to release it this summer. Yes. But I noticed that, I mean, you have such a beautiful online presence. I love those mini books. So it's not like you're, you said, this is, you know, like the big girl one, and maybe it's the big sis, but you are always writing. What prompted you to start building this brand in this way? Like, what is your, your personal mission behind the work and why are you doing it? Oh, I love that question because I think no matter what we do, and whoever listening to this, I'm sure they have a personal mission in their career. Like whether it's being an accountant or a teacher or a nurse, like you have that personal mission behind why you chose that career to begin with. And well, when I was little, I used to love to write. So I've always enjoyed writing. I used to like read Nicholas Sparks. So and be like, I'm going to write romantic, like, or oh, Hallmark yeah. movies, like classic. But as I got older, I had like a lot of highs and lows, like a lot of people. And so I went from high school, like the typical like high school, like younger bullying, but then I ended up being cool. And I spoke at my high school graduation, not because I was valedictorian. I'm like, was not that smart. I was class president at the time, but at that time I was battling an eating disorder, feeling so insecure, kind of like putting on fake it till you make it mentality. And after I gave that speech, I honestly felt like I came alive. I was like, that'd be so cool if I could do that 
for the gospel or for something bigger to help encourage young women. But I don't really see many young women doing that. So there's no way I can do that because I had only seen men be like keynote speakers, which I'm sure. you. Yeah, that's true. Or men kind of rise up in those fields as authors. And so I went to college and I also was trying to find myself. And like most people in college, like dabbled with the party scene a little, like was trying to figure out my place, like thought being in a sorority was like the end all be all. And I had like a come to Jesus, like, I don't want to live this life anymore of downing shots at like a frat party. Like this is not, I'm not living my best life. Like I thought this would be more fun than it was. And so then I started to write and I was at a Christian university and I had grown up in a public high school in South Louisiana. So it was kind of also a little bit of culture shock. And I wanted to write Christian-based things. With, I feel like there's a lot of people who I wasn't a good enough, quote unquote, Christian to do that. Um, and I wasn't trying to be a pastor. I just was like, well, like I, you don't think these have value? And I kind of just didn't listen to those voices. And I just kind of chugged along on like what I felt like I was called to do. And I have a heart, especially for like girls in college, post-grad and even high school, but mainly like that college girl who's kind of going through the party scene, indecisive about their purpose, feels so overwhelmed with the life choices. And then especially in postgrad too, when you're like, what's my place in this world? And you have like your past shame, like current doubts, future fears, and you want to be bold, but then you're also feel like you have to please other people. And so this, this book came out of the idea of like, okay, not caring about what people think of you and about nine women in the Bible, because I just felt like the church has, doesn't always talk about women in the Bible. I agree. It's yes. like a series on David and like, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I was like, I didn't hear, I grew up going to church for a while and I had not heard these stories. And I want women to just see that they're seen that there may be some people in church who don't call them up, but Christ calls them up. Like he doesn't think, oh, you're a woman. You can't do this. Like, you know? And so I feel like there was a missing piece in that. Like you can be bold and you can like, do big things if you know who your big God is. And I think that's what's kind of given me purpose with this book in general and writing in general. I think it just took a lot of hard work years. I mean, I wrote for free on a blog. I think people forget for like probably four or five years, you know, and I just studied along on that. And it's cool to see what it's become. Like you said, when you're like, you're something that was fun. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of like emotions going into like my website, even money up front when I was in college, juggling like two jobs, but it was so worth it. Yes. So one of the things you said, well, a lot of what you said resonated with me, but one of the things you said is sometimes we get this feeling from others and it is projected on us that what we're doing may not be good enough, right? Or Christian enough, or you fill in the blank, blank enough, right? How are you able to break free from that so you could really allow your voice and and move in the way that you felt like your spirit was moving you and, and the Holy Spirit in you was moving you? But like, how were you able to tune that out? Because that is a big barrier for a lot of people to step into what could even be the fullness of their life, right? And, and a more meaningful life them because they continue to feel caught up and trapped by, is this enough? Does it, this is, you know, also a little bit of that comparison mentality. It's not like theirs or it should be more or what have you. So was there anything that you did that you would be able to share and say, well, this is kind of what, this is what helped me to undo that thought cycle, to break out of that thought cycle and release anything that others may be projecting on me. So I can stand in the fullness of my truth. Yeah. Well, I think one of the main things I did was I just learned to let them talk. I think I used to try to convince people and I would speak my mind. I'm like, I'll show you like, you know, like listen to some bop 
or make sure I was in the presence to like, and look really cool, look like I'm proving it. And I remember, especially when I was living with my faith, I would try to prove to them that I wasn't this crazy, like partier anymore. Like I would put myself in situations to like, I had something to prove. And then finally I realized I have nothing to prove. If they want to talk about me, I'm just going to let them. Like, I have nothing to give. I don't need to speak my mind. I need to speak the spirit. Like, I need to speak kindness, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, general self-control. And if I'm speaking that, then I'm living my purpose. And if they're still talking about me, I have no control over that. So let them talk. Like, let them bark about whatever they want to bark about and doubt you. And you just kind of stay in your lane and you focus on going where God is called. Like, you love them in return. But I... It reminds me of, if you remember when Michael Phelps was like in the Olympics and he was against, was it a Brazilian? Anyways, mm. but I remember the guy before was like, yeah, yeah, like you're going down, like trash talking. And Michael just had his headphones on and was like zoomed in, like was not giving him the, like like the time of day. And then when it came down to the swim meet, there was a picture that people took of like the guy looking at him while he was swimming and Michael just looking forward. And that's Michael ended up winning that and got the gold medal and the other guy got the silver. And I think it is like the epitome of like, if you look to the left and to the right at what other people have for their opinions about you, for what they think you can do for the box they put you in, then you're going to miss out on the blessings and the opportunities that are right in your present and in front of you because you're Uh, so busy and distracted by their opinions. And so, yeah, distracted. That's a great way to put it too. (laughs) No. And seriously, but that, I mean, that's the main thing. And other than that, I mean, just realizing that, you know, there's a God who sees you. There was someone in the Bible named Hagar and everyone else didn't call her by name. And she was abused and she had a really crappy life. Like it was not handed to her, but like in the middle of her running away, God saw her, called her by name and she calls God, the God who sees me. And I think that in itself is so beautiful because we so often think of God as this guy behind the clouds. Like there's no way he sees me. He's too busy. Like he sees that cute little like girl has it all together with her dad and her family. They look perfect, but no, he sees you in the middle of your hurt. And when you realize that you're going to be protected, you're going to be guarded, you're going to be cared for. And he knows your name. And then there's a personal relationship to that. And I think when you also just have that in your mind and your understanding, you realize I don't need to even entertain like the things that were once making me want to run away because I have a God who sees me. I don't have to fight to be seen anymore. Mm, mm. I just uh, saw a TikTok recently and this girl was talking about the five love languages. And now I guess there's a sixth one emerging and it's about being seen. And I think that's so powerful because that is when we feel most safe, when we feel seen for who we are. I also think that's when we feel most loved and, and most valued. So I love how you're saying that that that's important, right? Like that's how you feel like you can be who you are in your authentic self. And for somebody to see you, whether it is a partner and also obviously through this relationship with God, it actually just, it feels like it feels freeing. And it also feels freeing when you let go of the things that are outside of your control and you just continue to, to look within in doing that, you are able to just oh my goodness, like unleash that greatness within, right? Because like you just said, you can be so distracted by other people and all these other outside circumstances. But when you look within, then you're able to tap into something that gives you momentum, if you will, to continue to move in that direction that feels like so true to you. Well, I love that you say unleash what's it within, because I think so often we think we have to go like 
and you do have to, in some ways, make it happen. Yeah. But there's something already inside of you that is stirring that wants to come out. You know, there's some gifting that you know that you probably had since you were like 12 years old. And I even think about writing, and I'm sure you can realize the moments that you were led to speaking mm-hmm. and podcasting that you had no clue. We're like all like, I, it was like Taylor Swift's Invisible String song. I love that yeah. song. But it's like, there really was this little like guiding light kind of giving you the moment to unleash what was always inside you. And I think that's also... To you're not unqualified because this was almost destined for you before you even were brought. Like there were signs all along that you just didn't notice because you might have been distracted. But like if you actually sit there with a journal and take time to think about those moments, you're gonna be like, Well, when I did this, this science project in sixth mm-hmm. grade, like I remember it so vividly. Why do I remember it? It's because I got to use this gifting of mine that I later now use in this corporate world, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very cool retrospect of just life. Absolutely. And I mean, at least for me, I feel like it was like, it's almost like a dimmer switch, like little by little, it was starting to be revealed, but it definitely became brighter the more that I went within. And just like we all have different fingerprints and, you know, nobody else has your fingerprint. Nobody else has your soul print either. Mm. Like what's drawing you, what's like bring, what, what you want to bring into this world. I feel like I don't know if you've noticed this in your own, in your own journey, but it absolutely aligns with my interests, but also my experiences that like, I didn't plan out, (laughs) you know, I didn't say I want my life to be this way, but Mm -hmm. the things that I have experienced along with my heart's desires, like the, where those meet that intersection of where they meet, that's where I feel like my life has meaning. Yeah. And I will say, which, cause like, you know, in your story, you've been dealt with a bunch of crappy horrible worldly cards that like have no explanation Mm -hmm. at all but it is so like what's something that has given me comfort and i'm saying this from someone who has not experienced the hardships that you have so i want to say like i don't understand what you've been through but a bad thing can be a good thing if it's a god thing so it's cool to think like the worst moment of your life that there was in that moment, you're like, what good can come from this? That can even be transformed when you unleash that in your soul. It doesn't mean that you wish it on anyone else or you're glad it happened, but it just means that there's something more powerful in this world than even that horrible, evil thing that happened to you. And so I feel like everyone needs to realize that I look back on my life and even if though it's just bought, it feels like it's just body image or just not feeling like I had purpose like that has transformed me and given me a sense of identity and kind of been an unleashed thing in my life. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I mean, I had those moments for sure where I was like, I, just like, I I feel like it's important to point out, like when I speak to God, when I pray, I'm like, especially in that moment after experiencing uh, Richard's death, I was like, yo, God, what the hell is going on? Yeah. What is this? Like, I talked to him so real. Probably other words too. I would be using every bad word in the book. Oh, like, for a hundred percent. Because I feel like if you know me, then you know what I'm going through right now. You know, I'm not happy with it. But what in that moment, I also was like, I have to get out of the way and I really need to surrender because there's nothing I can do right now. That's going to make me feel better. That's going to change the circumstance. That's going like, so I just, it was like this freeing moment and you bring up a good point in this broken world, right? Like how do we, yeah. And I'm curious, how do you keep your faith in this broken world? Because there's a lot of crazy stuff happening on a daily basis. And it's not just in our communities, it's globally. And that can be draining. So how do you keep your faith or even strengthen your faith living in a space like this? Yeah, I mean, 
I think you have to also understand that if you're wrestling, that's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. if it, if it was just like this naiveness, that means you wouldn't really care as much about it. And when you're wrestling it, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to realize, okay, I care about this so much in my life. And I want to understand it, that it shows how much I'm deep into it. Like, cause if you're wrestling it, like at least you are deep involved in it, which is better than the naiveness of not even like understanding what you believe and why. But I mean, especially, I think the most disheartening thing for me that is help like the most broken worlds when I see like churches like abuse women or not help women overlook women or uh, just even toxic church cultures that has been hard too and I think turning to scripture even even if someone listening to this isn't religious per se or have a relationship with Jesus scripture itself has great lessons and it's so cool to see what Jesus has done like I believe it to be so true but reading it and realizing that the Bible isn't like just thou shall not do this. Like stories of people like you and me that has helped me and kind of been like a guidebook. Like I truly believe scripture, everyone, it's the reason it's the number one sold book in the whole entire world is because there's some good truths in there. And there's some good lessons that you learn through stories of people that have been passed down from generations to generations. They have to be true. And so that's a big thing for me. And I think also as silly as it sounds, finding whatever it is that you connect most with spiritually and for yourself. So like running and working out for me, when I feel the weight of the world, I will go for a run or like go to the gym or do something that I feel like is caring for my body. And I'll turn off the music or I'll put on worship music and I'll make it not about like Cardi B blasting, even though I love Cardi B, like, you know, (laughs) introspects and like helps my mind align with who Christ is and who, what, I am given this like one body, this one opportunity to make a difference in this world. And that's a great like way for me to just almost take myself away from the broken world, you know, and to mentally prepare my mind and my body for the purpose that I believe Christ has given me. Um, But then also I just find good moments to turn off my phone. I think sometimes when you turn on the news, it's so important to stay informed about everything going on. I'm not one of those people who's like, ignorance is bliss. Like, (laughs) don't worry about it. There's so many ways we need to be seeking justice. But if you need to turn off your phone, have a good meal with girlfriends, like, and kind of are going to walk. Do you don't have to constantly get the notifications of all the crap going down? You know, you can respect that time that you have to keep up with the world and pray for the world, but also have the time that you can care for your soul. And so I've learned turning off my notifications has been big for me on my phone in general, when it comes to social media, even like when I'm on Instagram, I'll see what people have been talking about, but I'm not going to like have them pop up on my phone. Like I'm this product, like ready to like dial in, you know, I think they like us to do that for a reason. They want us to be on our phone more. And so I'd recommend turning off your notifications to anyone except for like text messages, but that's been helpful for me in this. Yes, man. Being in nature really connects me to, Oh, that's such a good one. Cause I love the mountains. I'm like, a oh. beach versus mountains. I'm a mountain. Like going on a hike. I'm like, I'm so small and God is so big. That's what, that's the thing, right? It's like, we, because when we, what you focus on becomes your reality. And if all that you're focusing on are the hardships and you know, the, the really terrible stories that are out there, right? Newsfeed is pumping it out to us. If that's all you focus on, then that is the world that you're creating. But for me, when I take a break and disconnect from all of that and reconnect to myself, one of the ways I do that, I mean, it could even be going in my backyard and looking up at the clouds. And just realizing like, yeah, like there is something so much bigger than all of these things that are vying for my attention and to find peace and to find just, you know, like a little 
corner of solitude, if you will, <laughs> because yeah. we need to take a break from the noise. Oh, that fills my soul up so much. And I think especially with people who are high achievers or who have big dreams, you think you have to go, go, go. But if you don't stop and take it in and also one, enjoy it, enjoy the journey, not go to wake up every day doing your dream job, but stressed or like mm-hmm. trying to get there. But if you don't also just take time to rest, like, and not think rest is a prize. I think in our American culture, we're like, rest is a prize you get once you graduate, once you get the dream job, once you get to retirement, like that's kind of what we believe. But rest is something that's holy that you need to add in your life. Like, weekly and like a Sabbath. Yes. And so yeah. daily <laughs> and rest doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to move around. Like rest might be a walk in the mountains or at the beach or and just a near park nearby and looking at the dogs that come in, you know, but like, it's so important to implement rest as a rhythm for yourself. Absolutely. Ooh, rest is a rhythm. I like that. Absolutely. You know, I, I grew up in the church. We were air force. So we went to the base church and there were three options. It was Catholic Protestant or Baptist. I think my parents were like, let's just go for the shortest service. We went to the Protestant. It was one hour. Right? <laughs> <In and laughs> <out. laughs> like, I know what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, you know, I was introduced to God and Jesus through my parents, but it was really when I became an adult that my mind started to expand and I just realized that it wasn't about religion for me. It was about relationship. Mm -hmm. And as I started to develop this personal relationship with God, the creator of the universe, I started to experience things in a new way that gave me like a deeper reverence for life because like I can see the creator in all of these things around me. But you said, you know, when it comes to the Bible, for example, some people will read it and they can get caught up in areas. I feel like just, you know, you chew off the meat and you spit out the bones. Right. And I was just actually, I was just talking to my dad about this. When I think about the Bible per se, cause that's the book that I'm most familiar with. I know there are a lot of different religious books out there where you can learn about God and the creator and, and whatever name you give him. Right. But I remember saying to my dad, those laws, I think are what turn a lot of people away but it's the stories that really resonate deeply with me. Because if we were to go through this journey of life and we learn stories from our aunts or, you know, from our parents and grandparents, what have you, they're teaching you these lessons because they have been their personal experience and something came out of that experience that was worth sharing. And my therapist one time said to me, as I was telling him my challenge with like sharing some stories. And he said, Karen, whatever is personal is universal. And that's how I feel when I read those stories. I'm like, that was a personal experience for them. But even though I wasn't, you know, I would, I would never have been to the, 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 uh, pool of Bethesda. Right. But that man lying down next to it. And then having that moment with Jesus, like brought me to my knees crying because what he experienced somehow translated to my life at that moment. And it just felt divine. The, the moment I was reading that story and what I was going through and felt inside. And so like, you can't tell me that that's not real because it is, it is real to me. So when I think about the difference between religion and relationship, I feel like there's, there, there's a, there's a clear difference between that, right? Mainly the constructs of religion, I think have been like proven to just be like another system designed for power. And I'm just wondering, like, have you ever wrestled with that? And if you do, where do you stand between religion and relationship? Yeah. I mean, I've like also worked at two churches and like I have worked in secular with atheists and I work in churches 
And I'm not going to lie, the atheists kind of treated me better. Like, that sounds so bad. Like, and I, I hate saying that. And I it's it's hard. It's hard to say that. But like, there's truth behind experience. So and I watch people do the cherry picking of scripture where they're like, oh, well, this says women can't do this. Like, be quiet. And then I'm like, well, you're literally missing out on these scriptures that you're not cherry picking. And usually those verses are in the Old Testament or when people get caught up literally on. I'm like, Jesus spent so much of his life saying, love God, love people love. over and over again. Yet you're caught up on one thing that has, is the thing that's been translated a couple times in the Bible that isn't necessary for sure. Like whether that is also just going the bat against anyone who's in homosexuality. I ne- I never will understand that. I will never, never. We are the same on I, that grace. I, I just think what power trip are you on that you think you can, you know, do that. But I will say, I'm at, I'm at the point where I'm like, I want everyone who's my friend from, and I grew up in South Louisiana to know that I loved God and I loved people. And that is going to be what changes people's yeah. mind on a relationship with Jesus. Like the religion institution, I, I, I've been now going to a different church and I'm like giving it another shot, you know, but I have also been knocked down over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, it's hard. And there's no, there's no comfort that I think when I was getting knocked down by Christian people that I could bring, I've even been asked one thing I'll never forget when I was first starting off working at church is I had the young adult pastor say, Oh, do you, in front of everyone to me, like one of the only young females, do you have any walk of shame stories, Grace? And it was once again, I'm like, "Uh, why are you asking? This is so inappropriate. And so I think I've had to come to the point where I'm like, you know what? Like, I will always call those people up. I don't want to sit at tables. Jesus would have flipped. Like those are some of the people that I think Jesus might have flipped their table and been like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you're not following that. But I do want to give the church another shot because I know it can be good. It's a broken people, but there's gotta be good. And I'm still wrestling with that. I'm still putting myself out there trying to figure out that I like, do I join a life group? Like all that crap. But I've also realized my relationship, like you said, the personal stories are divine. And my personal story with my savior is divine too. Like he's not just a person in the Bible. He's personal in our lives too. And so about having this relationships and you brought the love languages. I think so many people about love languages, humans, when I don't feel Christ, I'm like, okay, let me try the next one. Acts of service. Okay. Well, maybe I need to like go lead a group or go hang out with middle school girls and see if that helps me hear from Christ. Like, okay. Physical touch. Maybe I need to physically like be praying in a different position to feel Christ. Like words of affirmation. Maybe I need to read his word. Like maybe I need to write down my prayers. And so I do those things to hear Christ because it's a personal relationship. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, if you just have that religion, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be knocked down. And we need people to have such good personal relationships with Christ that they're not, they're willing to call up those religious institutions that are on a bunch of power trips. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I, my gosh, my favorite pastor from my home church the reason that I felt so much comfort going there and same, I'd been through so many churches. I do not like church hopping. It is absolutely draining. You don't know what you're getting into until you're sitting there. And then you have to sit through it and you feel bad leaving halfway through. If you're like, this is absolutely not for me, but like it, it is a space that is created, designed and run by people. So of course it is going to be broken and it's going to fall short. We all fall short, but this one particular pastor would go through the Bible and we would learn these different lessons and these different stories. And every single time that he was going through one that was not applicable to today's world. For example, when they would say that women 
had this certain place, he would always give the historical context mm. of the time that it was written and then would give us the application for how that looks today. And I felt like that was so important because it's very easy to take things out of context. And I'm not just talking like, you know, Bible or religious wise, you could read anything and take it out of context yeah. because we create these narratives in our, in our heads as we're interpreting the information that's given to us, which is why it is so important that for anyone who is, you know, spiritual or who is, who is looking, who is curious, I would always give them this advice to make it a personal journey. Mm. You may learn from different resources. I've even found that like, I will experience God and the Holy spirit through things that are absolutely not Christian or that yeah. are absolutely not religious. Like I remember listening, music soul child had this song called love. And it was like, it was from like late nineties or whatever. And it was such a good song. I remember listening to it and I was like, Oh, this isn't a, this could be about like his love for, for a woman, but this feels like love from God right now. Because again, in that moment, my spirit was like open and receptive. And I feel like we can just, we can feel that presence. We can sense it. We can notice it when we are open to it because he, I mean, just think about this world that we live in and how complex yet organized it is. Like you cannot tell me that was not created, but again, you will only see that if you're feeling that, which is why I truly believe that anybody who is seeking a spiritual relationship, who is open to knowing God more, man, my number one encouragement is know him personally. And sometimes I even think of like, I even get a little challenged on saying him because have you ever seen the movie, the shack? Yes, I've, I have. Well, no, I haven't, but I've heard of this. Keep going. Keep explain it to me. Though. Oh my gosh. This Grace, you must. You must okay, watch I need to this. see it. I've heard I need to see it. I was rich. A woman plays God, though, right? It's correct, like correct. But it actually helped me because I always like felt this way, but I felt bad saying it because I was like, well, that's not what we were told. That's not how it's said, you know? But then it's like this truth started to emerge inside of me that like this being, the spiritual being, does not take the 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 confounds or the structure of a man. Yeah, we already big, know that, right? Human man. Yeah. He's like a human man, like, human man. Like he might be like the, like as embody, but he embodies both like the heart of a mother and the leadership. I'm not saying you have to be a man to be a leader, but the no, 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 no. But like those feminine that. qualities are also in the creators. Oh, what I'm saying. We're creating his image too. I think people forget that. I think <laughs> forget that. Like, it's not that we're like just from the rib, like we are creating his image. Like, yes. So anyway, so my, my whole point, I'm like on a soapbox, but I, I really feel very strongly about this because I do think that religion turns people away from growing closer to God. And if you seek really? that relationship instead, you will find that you can go to him and you could be cussing in your prayer. And you just actually yeah. feel like that's okay because you know me and love me. You don't feel judged by that. Culture is so interesting. And I say that from growing up in near new Orleans, Louisiana, and then going to, a, I wanted to go to like a university that was really Baptist. I grew up public school. So I was like, okay, have scholarships let me go here and it was like a culture shock because i'm like okay y'all have you gucci bell and you have a faith in jesus christ you say but i feel so much more judged than i did when i was in new orleans you know mm. and so i think it was about finding that place and once again like you said the personal relationship so that when someone who is claiming god isn't acting in a godlike way 
or like in a way that would make God happy, you can understand like, that's not my God. It's kind of like when someone talks about your best friend and no, you're so off base. Like that is not what she was thinking. That's not her personality. I know her. Like that's kind of why you have to have that personal relationship. So when someone's like falsely impersonating like his children, you know, though you're not acting in a holy way or what I think my Jesus would want. So, yes, I love that. That's a great way to put it because for example, so if, Oh, okay. I'm going to use you and Ketley for a quick example. So, so if somebody wrote trash about Ketley and Mm -hmm. it was saying all of these, you know, things like, well, Ketley doesn't like, you know, such and such. And Ketley believes that da, 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 da. And then they took what was written and brought it to you. You could say, what you just shared, I don't care if it's written or not. I don't care if it's plastered on social media. I don't, I don't care if it's in the Washington Post, whatever it is. I don't care. I know her. I have spent time with her. I have developed a relationship where I know her character. So whatever you say, that doesn't automatically make it truth because you have not taken the time to get to know her intimately. And it's through that intimate relationship that you really get to know the character of, of God. Yeah. And that's, and that's why everyone has to do it. And I hate that some people have only seen people do it in a horrible way because I'm like, once yeah. they know Jesus, once they not even read scriptures, but at least pray to him, they'll feel like that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Man, that's good, Grace. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to pause here for a second because that right there, I I also feel like sometimes people think they can only learn about through just Mm. reading. But what if you just went inward and were like, hey, I'm open. Like, what's going on here? Mm. Because the Holy Spirit lives in all of us. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, the Bible literally says, like, just confess that you like I'm God, Savior with all your heart, mind, soul. Mm. And that's the thing that starts a relationship not like well once you read this many scriptures then yeah. Christian. like that would be like a really crappy way to explain it and so it is true like giving him a, give god a chance to speak to you and into your heart is so important yes oh so good so good all right well i have one more question for you okay. you are doing a lot of good work out here you speak as you mentioned before, directly to young women who are in college, but your, your message is going to resonate with a lot of people. You know, maybe this is the season right now, and maybe that's always the place where you feel called, but there will be people who come across your content and be moved regardless if they are a woman or they're in college or what have you. So my question to you is, what do you want to be known for? Wow. That is such a great question. You know, my favorite compliment that people, when they meet me and this has, like it was when they're like, you're funnier than I thought you were. And I'm like, yeah, like I said, I'm not saying funny, but I want to make someone be known to make someone smile. Like whether that smiles of humor, smiles of acceptance, smile is like, oh, grace is not going to make me feel awkward. And so I want to be known for making someone smile, you know, might be cracking jokes, might be uh, making fun of myself, might be uh, have talk, but if people can look back on me if when I die, when I'm in heaven with Jesus, I feel like, well, grace made me smile. And that would be the best legacy I can leave. I love that. Well, you definitely made me smile all throughout this conversation. Oh, well, no listeners can hear you look it. like a Disney Channel star. I'm telling you. Like, you're a Hallmark <laughs> star. That's what yeah. you need to do next. Like, I was like, I was like, you know, when you see someone's like email, you're like, I was like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. I was like, <laughs> I'm over here in my pajamas with my greasy hair. I was like, I was not this. I all of my guests know y'all to come do the podcast recording as they are, because this is a safe space for you yeah. to show up. And whether I'm impressed that this is as you are. I, yeah. I respect it. I <laughs> believe that. 
the only reason I'm even fully dressed out of my pajamas is because I had to take my kid to school. I can't like drive up in the car line in my pajamas, Grace. I'm over here at a bachelorette sleeping on a pullout couch. So (laughs) (laughs) we're different life stages right now, but it's great. (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for taking some time away from the fun bachelorette party and spending some time with us. I really, really appreciate it. Go and check out Grace. Check out her podcast. Make sure that you check out the book as well. What will they think? That is that is so empowering that you are highlighting women in the Bible because their stories definitely need to be shared more. And make sure you listen to that podcast, Water Into Wine, with her longtime friend, Ketley. Sending Ketley some love right now. Grace, thank you so much for being with us today. Yay, thank you for having me. This has been In The Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.